Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Well, it is our 3,300th episode special. And for this occasion, I've decided to bring you an episode of the anthology series Tonight at 930 which obviously aired at 2 in the afternoon. No, I was kidding about that part. Uh, But uh, Tonight at 9.30 was a San Francisco-based anthology series where original uh, plays were performed for the radio by a group of generally respected uh, San Francisco actors of the time. This aired over radio station KPO and may have been syndicated... Uh, by NBC through its Pacific uh, affiliates. The original air date on uh, this program is uh, March the 16th, 1945, and this one is The Black Market Murders. Tonight at 9.30, a radio drama from San Francisco, the city theater folk call the best theater town in the country. Our drama tonight is a murder mystery. The story of the death of an unpleasant individual named Gregory Porter. It is called The Black Market Murder. The scene is the Porter home in San Francisco. It is, of course, understood that any similarity in names of places and characters in our drama to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. In the living room of the Porter home, we find Inspector Collins of the Homicide Squad and Police Officer George Haynes. Yeah, that blankety-blank clock gives me the willies. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to park her all day? Calm down, Hayes. Put the lid on your nerves. I ain't got nerves. No? No. There's no percentage sitting in a room with a dead man. Yeah, what'd they leave in there for? Why didn't the coroner take him away? Because I told him not to. Well? If you ask me, it's barbaric. Leaving a dead man lying on the floor all day with a sheet over his face. Maybe you'd like it better if the sheet wasn't over his face? Sure I would. At least I could see what he was thinking. Uh Uh-huh. Georgie, you just haven't been on the force long enough. Look, don't go thinking I've got a weak stomach or anything. No, you just don't like the ticking of the clock. That's right. Who do you think done it, Inspector? Did it. That's what I said. Maybe his wife. Oh, now look, Inspector. Why, you asked me. I know. But his wife's a lady. Listen, George, if I knew who did it, I wouldn't be sitting here chewing the fat with you. Shut up. Mrs. Porter says she'll be down in a couple of minutes. Hey, come on in. Me? You mean, you want me to come in? Well, surely, why not? With him? 
With it lying there? Haven't you ever seen a dead man before? Never mind what I've seen. All right. Come in anyway. I want to ask you a couple of questions. Come ahead. Come ahead. That's better. Now, just what are you scared of? Never mind what I'm scared of. Uh, maybe she'd like it better with the sheet off his face, Inspector. No, don't do it. All right. All right. Nobody's going to do nothing. Anything. That's what I said. Look, sister, uh, how long have you been working here? Six months. Do you like it here? Sure, I like it here. Do you like your mistress? Sure, I like her. Do you like uh, him? Now, look, you're not going to hang anything on me. Nobody's hanging anything on anybody. Just answer my question. I won't talk. Nice pearls those are around your neck. They real? Sure, they're real. They cost ten dollars. Did uh, he give them to you? Did who give them to me? Him. I'll say he didn't give them to me. As if I'd take them off him. And what's more, I'm not talking. She's not talking, Georgie. Uh, maybe she'd uh, talk if I took the sheet off his face. Don't do it! Don't do it! How's about it, Inspector? Shut up, Haynes. Here comes Mrs. Porter. Inspector Collins? Yes, Mrs. Porter. I'm Inspector Collins. Come away from that piano, George. Haven't you got any feeling? For what, Inspector? Well, respect for the dead. For him? I tell you, get off that piano. Here comes the doctor down the stairs. Come on in, Dr. Grayson. Well, Inspector, this is all very shocking. Uh Uh-huh. How's Mrs. Porter? She's all right. It's quite natural that she should faint. I believe it was the first time since the murder that she entered the room. She's lying down. I gave her something for her nerves. I'd rather you didn't question her any more than necessary at present. Uh, You've been the family doctor quite a while, haven't you? I was Mrs. Porter's physician before she married. That's... Twenty years. She was considerably younger than her husband. Uh Uh-huh. You just said this was the first time she'd entered the room since the murder. That's what Mrs. Porter told me after I had revived her. How do you know it was murder? Well... There's the evidence on the floor. Uh, Couldn't it have been suicide? Do you think it was suicide, Inspector? If you don't mind, I'll ask the questions. Do you think it was suicide? No. Why not? Porter was a selfish, ruthless man. Not the kind for suicide. Well, it wasn't suicide. It was murder. Now, is it all right if I ask, how do you know? The bullet entered his head from the rear. Oh. Oh. Were they happily married? Hmm? Were they... Was the marriage a happy one? I'd rather not answer that. Do you think anybody married to Porter could have been happy? No. Thanks. I had that figured already. The inspector's shot. Haynes, get away from that piano. Look here, doctor. You're the Porter family doctor. Apparently a good friend of Mrs. Porter's. You're going to protect her interests and not answer any questions unless you have to. Do you criticize that? Uh, Not at all. But I'm going to tell you a few things about Porter. Did you know that during the Depression, Porter made a fortune in Chicago as the head of a ring of bootleggers? That he came west after he'd made his pile? I did. Oh, you did? 
Mrs. Porter wanted to leave him in those days, but she didn't because they had a child, a little boy. Oh, I didn't know that. Where's the boy now? With the Air Force in the Pacific. Luzon, I believe. Hmm. Did you know that at one time the federal authorities were on Porter's trail for traffic in narcotics, but couldn't prove anything on him? I did. Oh, you did? I told you I have been the family doctor for more than 20 years. Well, did you know the FBI has had an eye on him right now? No, that I didn't know. Look here, Inspector. For Mrs. Porter's sake, I am naturally going to be as much help to you as possible. And I'm perfectly willing to answer any questions I can. As long as they don't incriminate her. Why should they incriminate her? Why do you say it that way, Inspector? Because I think Mrs. Porter murdered her husband. Oh, that's utterly absurd. Somebody murdered him. Yes? There was nobody in the house but Porter, Mrs. Porter, and the maid, Ruby, when he was shot to death last night. Somebody could have come in. The front and rear doors of the house were locked. There are windows. We've examined the ground under the windows. It rained yesterday. The ground is heavy. There are no footprints. That still doesn't prove... I'm not making any charges, Dr. Grayson. I'm just expressing an opinion. The only people in the house were Mrs. Porter and the maid, Ruby, and Porter. Wait a minute. Ah, what are you doing here? Ruby. I didn't do it. I didn't, I say. You can't hang it on me. I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't. All right now, sister, just calm down. We're going to talk. I had nothing to do with it. Listen to me, Ruby. You've known me quite a while, haven't you? Yes, Dr. Grayson. You know you can trust me. Yes. Well, I'd answer the inspector's questions if I were you. But I didn't kill him, Dr. Grayson. All right. Now, let's get down to brass tacks. Why were you listening at the door? Wouldn't you, if you thought people were talking about you? No, I would not. <laughs> Shut up, Haynes. All right, now. Where were you last night uh, at 11 o'clock? In bed. In bed? Yes, in bed. Asleep? Of course. Go ahead. Tell us what happened. What do you mean? What woke you up? I... I heard a noise. Like a gunshot? I don't know. I was dreaming. and I heard a noise. I woke up and... And then I... I ducked under the covers. Why? I don't know. I... I thought something happened. Why? I don't know. How should I know? I... I heard the noise and I... I was scared, and I ducked under the covers and... Quit yanking at those pearl beads. You'll bust them. Ruby, you heard the noise. You hid your head under the covers. But then you got up. I heard a Why? noise in the hall. And it was Mrs. Porter. She said, Ruby, get up. Something has happened. Something has happened to Mr. Porter. It's, it's awful, she said. It's terrible. She, she was crying, and, and she said... We've got to send for the police. And then? And then she phoned for the police. There, she done it. She bust your beads. Leave them be. Ruby, I think you're lying to us. I'm not. I'm not, I'd say. I'm not going to talk anymore. I think you will. Haynes, come here. Yeah? Uncover him. You mean take a sheet off him? Yes. No, no, no. Go ahead, George. Hey. And don't you go fainting. Pick him up, Haynes. What is this, Inspector? Pick him up and prop him in that chair. Inspector Collins, I object. The body should not be moved. I'm in charge here. Put him in that chair. He's heavy. 
Do as I say, Inspector Collins. As a friend of the Porter family, may I ask what you plan to do? I'm going to show you how he was murdered. How can you do that when you don't know who killed him? I know who killed him. You're positive? I'll say I'm positive. Who? This woman right here. (laughs) Keep still. From now on, I'll do the talking. I didn't do it. One more word out of you and I'll have you gagged. I didn't do it. I think she's going to cork out, Inspector. Inspector Collins, you're changing your mind quickly. Short time ago, you said you thought Mrs. Porter murdered her husband. I don't always say what I really think. She didn't. There's no doubt in my mind. She couldn't have done it. Now, you've got every right to take any steps you see fit. And I suppose I have no right to question you. But will you tell me what proof you have that this girl did it? Sure. First, I've got the motive. That's important. I'll say it is. And what, may I ask, was the motive? This. You give me that. What is it, Inspector? A package I found in this girl's room while you and she were attending Mrs. Porter after she fainted. What is it? 100,000 gasoline ration coupons. What? I told you the FBI was ready to move in on him. He was a black market gas rat. The girl. She distributed them to his agents. Look here, Ruby. Is this true? What if it is? I didn't kill him. It doesn't necessarily prove that she killed him. No, that doesn't. But it ties her in with him. And other things prove that she did. Haynes. Yeah? Straighten him up in that chair. It seems to me that this is very unnecessary and unethical. I'll be the judge of that. Straighten him up. There. Now you come here. Hurry up. I didn't do it. Sit down here in this chair. I don't want to sit down. You'd better do what he says, Ruby. That's better. Now watch. I don't know what argument you had with Porter. We'll find that out later. But some way or other, he double-crossed you. He always double-crossed everybody. You're telling me. Now, just don't do any more talking and watch. You came downstairs at a few minutes before 11 to argue with him. You came in the door, right here. He was sitting just like he's sitting now with his back to the door. You crossed the room and began to argue with him. You couldn't talk loud because you were afraid Mrs. Porter would hear you. You're making it all up. You argued with him, and he argued with you, and then he got tough. Ordered you back to your room and probably threatened your life if you crossed him up. So you started back to your room. It's not true. None of it is true. He sat there in the chair. You went past him going to the door. And when you got in back of him, you fired point blank at the back of his head. And he fell out of the chair, flat on his face, this way. Straighten him out, George. The way he was before. Okay, Inspector. This is fantastic. You haven't even got a gun to prove. Oh, yes, I have. Right here. Where did you get that gun? Why do you ask that way? Because that's Mrs. Porter's pearl-handled revolver. I've seen it often. Well, that's interesting, but not particularly important right now. Where did you get it? The same place I got the pack of gas stamps, <laughs> under the covers in this girl's room. It's a lie. I didn't shoot him. I never did. I could have killed him lots of times. Lots of times I, I wished he was dead. But I was afraid of him. He had the goods on me. And you had it on him, sister. He was stronger than me. 
stronger than anybody in the world. I was, I was scared of him all the time. All the time I, I wanted to quit, and I couldn't because he wouldn't let me. I hated him. I'm glad he's dead, but I didn't kill him. I didn't. I didn't. Officer Haynes. Yeah? Put the bracelets on her. Yeah. No, no. The inspector, Mrs. Porter. Ma'am? Inspector Collins, let the girl go. She didn't do it. I killed my husband. I shot him to death. Sit down, Haynes. Stop fidgeting. Okay. The clock gets in my hair. Always ticking. That's what they're supposed to do. I think Mrs. Porter is all right now, Inspector. I'm quite all right, Dr. Grayson. Oh, you've got nothing but time. When you're ready, you start talking. Start in. I'm ready. I don't want anybody else to do any talking. What are you doing, Haynes? Picking up another pearl? Here's another one. Leave those pearls alone. You too, Doc. You've been picking up pearls for the last ten minutes. You can buy a string for a quarter at the five and dime. You cannot. I said leave the pearls alone. Here's another one. Drop it and sit down. Now start in, Mrs. Porter. Inspector Collins. I shot my husband to death. You seem to be mighty calm about it. Dr. Grayson. I think I'd let her tell it in her own way. Mrs. Porter has gone through a great deal. Science shows that after a maximum amount of suffering, the human machine no yeah, longer... Yeah, very interesting. We're not here to listen to a speech. Please, may I go ahead? Go ahead. Inspector Collins, I married Mr. Porter 20 years ago. I was very young. He was almost 20 years older than I. My parents objected terribly. I... I've been alienated from them ever since. He was a fascinating man, and I... And you were very young. My parents were right, and I was wrong. After a year of marriage, I knew they were right. What made you change your mind? I found out what kind of a man he was. I'd been fascinated by what I thought was his adventurous, romantic ways. It wasn't adventure... It wasn't romance. He was evil. Why didn't you leave him? She was going to have a child, Inspector. I don't see why Mrs. Porter has to be tortured going through all this. I'd rather tell all of it, Doctor. Now let's understand each other, all of you. Mrs. Porter has confessed to murder. Up to now, she hasn't established any reason for particular consideration. When it comes time for her to make a sworn statement to the district attorney, she can decide how much she wants to say and how much not. Right now, if she's got any ground to stand on, she'd better tell the whole story. Thank you. Inspector Collins, for 19 years I've lived a lie. I mean, I've... I've tried to hide from the world the real truth. Because my... My boy was born. Don't torture yourself, Mrs. Porter. I'm all right, Dr. Grayson. My boy was born. I... I... Take your time. We've got all day. For 19 years, I've tried to hide from the world. And most of all, from my son. 
that Gregory Porter was a, an enemy of the law, an unscrupulous, dishonest, ruthless, cruel man. Dr. Grayson, you've known some of it, not all. You've known about his ring of his activities during Prohibition, of his narcotic activities, of all his wicked, inhuman... Please, Mrs. Porter. I'm quite all right, Dr. Grayson. Inspector Collins, the only redeeming quality my husband had was a, a deep devotion to our boy. Even that was a selfish devotion. But it was there. That's one of the things that's hard to understand. That a man so cruel, so wicked... Uh, look, Mrs. Porter, I said we had all day, but let's not go into a discussion of opinions. Just stick to the facts of your story. Here, what are you doing? Picking up a pearl. I told you to leave those pearls alone. Go ahead, ma'am. Inspector Collins, my boy was lost in the Pacific five weeks ago. What? It's true, Dr. Grayson. But you, we, we've talked about him frequently. You, you always said everything was just fine. I've had to say that, to make myself believe it. And I did believe it up to last night. Did your husband know the boy is dead? He's not dead. I still don't believe he's dead. But my husband knew. Inspector Collins, for the last five weeks I've been as if my mind was frozen. I've felt nothing. Last night, I went down to the living room to speak to my husband. I went into the room, and he was sitting there in that chair. He'd been drinking. He always drank a great deal. He, he never was sober at night. I came into the room. He was sitting with his back to the door. There, what did I tell you? I spoke to him. I said, Gregory. Well, what is it? Gregory, I, I want to talk to you. <laughs> What's the matter? Getting bored? Tired of your own company? You don't often honor me by coming down here at night. I, I have to ask you something. I'm listening. You want a drink? Please, Gregory. Certainly not. Well, excuse me while I fix myself one. Go ahead. Gregory, I found this. On the floor in your dressing room. Is it yours? What is it? Won't you please turn around and pay attention to me? Well, what is it? An envelope with 105-gallon gasoline ration stamps. Do you mind telling me why you should open an envelope in my dressing room? It wasn't sealed. It had no writing on it. I opened it to see if it was something important. <laughs> well, it's very important. A hundred gas stamps. Are they yours, Gregory? Naturally, they're mine. I'm glad I didn't lose them. Thanks. I'll take them. Gregory, how do you happen to have 500 gallons of gasoline stamps? <laughs> the important thing is that I have them. And they're mighty useful these days. Gregory, nobody has rationed that much gas. Now look here. Are you sticking your nose into my affairs? Then you had no right to have them. It's another of your... your... Would you mind tending to your own business? Gregory, answer me. You had no right to have them. I told you to mind your own business. It is my business. 
Gregory, where did you get them? Keep your nose out of my affairs. Gregory. Well? Nobody has issued 500 gallons of gasoline. <laughs> That's right. And you bought them. You bought them in a black market. And if I did? You did. You bought them in a black market when... When what? When you bought them. And... <laughs> oh, do you have to be a fool all your life? No, I didn't buy them. Oh, thank goodness. I didn't buy 500 gallons of gas stamps. No. There, wait a minute. Let me show you something. There. What do you think of that? Gregory. 500,000 gallons of gas. More where these came from. And they'll be sold. Not at the market price, no. Not at market. But 50 cents a gallon. A dollar a gallon. Maybe more. Now, 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 don't go looking that way. It doesn't impress me. You would do that. You'd sell your soul and your heart and your... Your world for money. You'd sell your own flesh and blood for money. So you deal in human life. Gas stamps. Millions of gallons of gas stamps. And my boy was lost because he didn't have enough gas to bring him home, back to his base. And you'd sell stolen ration stamps to make money. You killed him. The only thing I had to live for. You killed him and I could kill you. I could kill you, Gregory Porter. I could kill you. He sat there staring at me, Inspector Collins. I walked out of the room. I went upstairs. I don't know how I got upstairs. I sat there in my room, and I couldn't see anything. It was as though I was blind. I sat there. I tried to think. I couldn't think. Then I took the small pistol I've always had in my desk. I walked down the stairs. I went into the living room. You came up behind your husband, seated in his chair. You held the gun to his head, fired. No, you're wrong. He was not sitting in his chair. He was lying there on the floor, drunk. Lying on the floor, face down, drunk. And I stood over him and shot him. I'm glad I did it. I'm glad... Well, I'll be darned. Shut up, Hames. Well, Doc, this sort of makes a different picture. Not at all. I knew he was on the floor when he was shot. How could you know that? I found the bullet hole in the floor when I was looking for the pearl beads. Oh, that's what you were doing. That's what I was doing, Inspector. Looking for the bullet hole. And now what? Well, now obviously Mrs. Porter will have to consider herself under arrest. From here on, it's a case for the district attorney. Not that I think it's likely to go hard with you, madam. There are a lot of angles to this case. But you'll have to come along with me now. I'm ready, Inspector Collins. Uh, just a minute, Inspector. Now, look, Doctor, there's no need you're interfering now. The law must take its course. Mrs. Porter has confessed to murdering her husband. She did not murder her husband. What are you talking about? She's just confessed to the killing. Whether you call it murder or not, she's confessed to the killing. 
Mrs. Porter did not kill her husband. Dr. Grayson, I did kill him. Mrs. Porter did not kill her husband, Inspector Collins. You're crazy. No, she did not kill him. He was dead when she entered the living room. He'd fallen from his chair and died of a heart attack. You observe that there is no blood around the wound, Inspector. Mrs. Porter shot her husband after he was dead. You have just heard the radio drama, The Black Market Murder. Written and directed by Samuel Dixon in the KPO drama repertoire tonight at 9.30. The cast included Everett Glass as Gregory Porter, Yvonne Patey as Mrs. Porter, Lou Tobin as Inspector Collins, Ray Lewis as Officer Watson, Earl Lee as Dr. Grayson, and Marsha Keat as Ruby. Be listening next Friday night at 9.30 for another in the series of radio dramas Tonight at 9.30, which come to you from San Francisco's Radio City. Welcome back. Well, Collins doesn't really come off that well in this episode. He uh, got so busy investigating the homicide that he missed a key clue, and he had to have a doctor uh, bail him out and collect all of the needed evidence while he was busy hearing a confession to a crime that uh, she didn't actually commit. So I do wonder how this will go down in the police report. What I do like about this is I think that particularly for the era and for the fact that this is a local syndication, the sound quality is really good. And they did do a few things. I liked how they kept uh, bringing back that sound effect of the uh, grandfather clock. 
it is a pretty decent uh, mystery with a good dose of melodrama. It definitely reflected the feelings and sentiment of the era about, you know, somebody who would use the black market. Now, certainly it wasn't universal, but this was kind of the uh, socially accepted thing. And what you would hear, you know, promoted on radio, though not always quite this stridently. Collins is like, yeah, you may have committed murder, but he was into the black market, so I don't think it'll be that harsh. The maid, I thought, was a bit over the top, The that particular performance. That, that seemed a bit too much. Even for, you know, something, you know, a radio play where I think everybody in here, it's kind of obvious that they have uh, theater backgrounds. And that can sometimes, in an audio medium, if you don't make adjustments, really come across as a bit over the top and stagey because it's a, it's a little bit of a different type of acting. All right, well, I want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Gary, Patreon supporter since August of 2016, currently supporting us at the rookie level of $2 or more per month. Thanks so much for your support, Gary. And that will do it for today. Join us back here tomorrow for Casey Crime Photographer. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.